This is Talking Events, a podcast series interviewing leaders in the business-to-business events industry. Event insights, career help, and discussing the changing face of events. So, thanks so much for coming to chat with me, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Awesome. So today we're going to be chatting about the reason you got turned down, looking at all the common errors and mistakes at interview stage that really put people off (laughs) um, when they're hiring someone for a role. So, to start off with, Laura, could you just briefly run through with me your career and what led you to become the MD of Leaders in Sport? Yes, of course. So I graduated in 2008, so right in the middle of a recession, which was actually, in hindsight, a great time to graduate because it meant that I had to work really, really hard to get a job um, and to get ahead at the start. And I think actually that's stood me in really good stead. Um, I started my first job was at Centaur Media. Um, big B2B publishing house um, in the circulation department. And at the time, um, I was pretty much doing ABC audits. I wanted to work in marketing. And and in my mind, that was marketing. And actually, it was great foundation in terms of handling data, understanding audiences, really having that sort of um, methodical approach to stuff. But the circulation department quickly became no longer a thing. Um, And that evolved into the marketing department so I was at this cusp of sort of growth in terms of marketing within publishing so and within organizations so marketing becoming a more important seriously taken job Mm -hmm. Um, and also the disruption in media so digital platforms you know iPad apps mobile apps and generally people consuming more content online so in terms of timing I was quite lucky to be in that sort of those two areas at the same time um so I progressed at Centaur over about five or six years I did loads and loads of different marketing roles there um I worked on some brilliant brands I worked predominantly in the marketing creative portfolio so marketing week creative review design week and e-consultancy were the brands I worked on there everything from audience development um from driving readers online through to event marketing. Um, And then I got approached by leaders and I thought about leaving Centaur a number of times and it never quite, never quite happened because there was always something to stay for. And I I feel very, very fondly of that business. But um, when leaders approached me, leaders was um, in a tiny little office in Fulham and it was a completely different environment. Um, Mm But they were a fantastic brand and that was absolutely what drew me to work for leaders. I also love the idea of working for a small organisation, which at the time was about 20 people um, and being able to kind of impact beyond just my particular role. So that's really what took me to leaders and I joined leaders as the head of marketing. Um, And then since then, I've now been at leaders five years um, and I've just had loads of different roles, lots of different responsibilities, everything from sort of more pure play marketing um, through to brand, through to press, through to now sort of very much overseeing um, operationally kind of our HR department, our finance, legal. So it's it's been a really fantastic opportunity to get stuck in um, and I've loved it. So yeah, that's what's led me here. Awesome. That's so cool. So obviously, like from your perspective as well, you've obviously done a number of different roles and that's kind of built up your skill set to get you to where you are, which is something that, you know, quite often when I speak to people, it's it's so important to get a well-rounded experience. Yes. Um, and I feel like that's something that quite often people can miss. Um, and I'm sure, you know, having had all those different roles, you've obviously interviewed quite a few people mm-hmm. on your journey to where you are now. So having interviewed lots of different people for lots of different positions, what would you say are the top things that you feel people get wrong when they go for an interview? 
So I was thinking about this when you <laughs> when you tell me before, and I was thinking, what do what what do I think? Um, and, and firstly, just to touch on what you said there. I meet loads of people who are early on in their career and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what specifically, what function, you know, what am I going to do? Like, what, what am I getting specialist skills? What, where is that going to take me? And I completely agree with what you've said in terms of as I've progressed, what I've realized is you just have to take every single opportunity that is put in front of you and do your absolute best with it. And actually to have a generalist skill set and to be able to turn your hands to lots of different things is a skill in itself. And I think sometimes that gets missed because people want to be specialists in certain things. Um, so I would absolutely urge and encourage people to do that. Interviews. So I came up with um, number one, not being yourself. So I think, um, and authenticity is a little bit of a buzzword, I appreciate that, but I think not being yourself in an interview and sort of putting on an act, if you like, is not going to do you or the company any favours because what's happening is you're not getting a true sense of someone and their skill set and their behaviour, which probably means that it's not going to work out if if you take a job on or you're offered a job on that basis. Um, I've also seen to the same vein people just clearly putting on an act you know when you get those answers and you think please don't say that you know <laughs> especially when you say um you know what's your dream job and I always follow that up with don't say leaders please <laughs> and don't say this job because you know that's that's mostly most likely not true um so don't give those stock answers second one I had was not doing research to me that's a real I really have a pet hate for that I think if you're going to an interview and you haven't clearly sometimes even read the job description thoroughly um, Mm. or you haven't researched the company enough to be able to ask intelligent questions whether you're a grad who is or, or not even a grad someone on their work placement through to senior level roles that is something that I just think is a must when it comes to interviewing. And then the third one I came up with was not asking enough questions about the company, the role, um, understanding the full picture of what you're taking on. So I think sometimes I always say to people who are hiring at Leaders, you know, don't forget this is a two-way interview. You know, yes, we're interviewing them for a job, but they're also interviewing us for a job. They also want to find out if this is the right role and the right company for them. And I think when someone doesn't ask questions that are about really wanting to get under this, especially in more senior roles, really wanting to get under the skin of what is going on in this company um, and what is the role I'm taking on and where am I going to add value, then I start to question whether it's right um, Mm. because I think you've really got to go into a job, which let's be honest is where you spend most of your time with a really, really thorough understanding of what you're walking into and what you're, what's expected of you and whether it's the right fit. So those were the three I came up with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you were saying there is just so on point in terms of, you know, being yourself and doing your research. I often actually say to people that if you do enough research, not only on the company, so you know what you're going in for, but also, you know, how your experience relates to that, actually having to think about yeah. how you fit in. Um, you'll be yourself, basically, because you've, you're going in you're more relaxed yeah, because absolutely. you know what you're walking into mm. if you're underprepared you're not going to be relaxed you're going to be very very buzzword very very surfacey and essentially no one's going to buy into you because they have to feel a connection to you yeah they have to actually want you yeah to come absolutely. And, enjoy it. and um it's the same the other way around you know when people go for interview sometimes I hate it when people come out and they say oh you know I haven't I didn't really get a real sense for them 
And it's such a shame because, you know, your manager, whoever's interviewing you, they're going to be really in charge of your career. So it's so important. Yeah. That professionalness, but also being open, essentially. So you get a real gauge yeah. of who you're going to work with and what what's expected. Totally agree with that. And a, a couple of points there. One is I am personally of the view that when I say preparation, I mean both sides. I don't, I think it's a pet hate of mine and I, and I, I give direct feedback if I see people here do it. If you walk into an interview and you clearly haven't read the CV that you are, are looking at when you walk into that room, that's a bad reflection on us as a company. And it's fact, fortunately, it doesn't happen a lot here. <laughs> I'd like to think it doesn't happen at all. Um, but to me, I think that's unacceptable. You know, if, if someone's giving up their time to come in and interview with you, mm. you deserve and owe it to them to have done your research on being clear on what you're expecting from the role and you've read their CV and you've understood what might be relevant from their experience and you're asking the right questions. So agree with that completely. And I also agree that, I'm, I mean, for people who know me, it's probably not a surprise that my, I don't believe in making people feel uncomfortable in an interview. I think, no. I think that that's a particular style and I get the whole good cop, bad cop vibe. And I actually do believe in having a couple of people involved, quite a few people involved in the interview process because I think that's a good way of the person being able to find out about what the company culture is like but I think it's our job to make that person feel at ease and to kind of show them what they would be walking into if they came to work at leaders um so yeah completely agree with that awesome and so look obviously during the interview process you probably get people coming in and I think a lot of the time there's a bit of confusion around how to go in for an interview but I think everyone really knows that presentation is pretty important coming for an interview that you turn up on time or early um, and that you look smart. How how important would you say appearances are in terms of your personal branding, getting across who you are when you go in for an interview? I feel a bit conflicted about this one, actually, mm. because the obvious answer is to say, yeah, it's really important. You know, don't turn up late and don't turn up in ripped jeans. And, <laughs> and that's the obvious answer. But I feel a bit conflicted because I think it's important, but I don't think it's everything. And I think when I was thinking about it, I, I am a marketer and I believe by training up, I'm a big believer in brand. And I remember one of my first bosses who was really tough on me, but also a great inspiration said to me, you know, don't forget that you are the Laura McQueen brand and you are your personal brand. And I do say that to guys. It's like, you know, you, I can't represent you. You've got to represent yourself and you've got to know what you want to portray and what, what your brand is. You know, what, what does that mean to people when you want when you meet people, how do you want to make them feel? What do you want them to respond to? Like, what do you want to what them say about you when they leave the building? So that's important. So if you are someone who, you know, if you're not someone who wears a suit ever and is not comfortable in a suit, then I would say don't wear a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not up for someone to come in look clearly uncomfortable in a suit and tie in an interview. I appreciate that they've made the effort because it yeah. shows that they care, but. I don't think that's everything. I think that's, it's a basic thing, but it's not everything. Um, And I'd actually rather they're wearing something they're comfortable in. That said, sometimes we do get people coming in for interviews and you can see our finance team sit by the front door and they look at, they sometimes you walk past and they go, they're not going to make it. They they clearly haven't, you know, ironed their shirt today. But, um, But on a personal note, I do think energy matters more. It doesn't cost anything to sort of portray when when I think about um presentation I think about personal energy and and sort of your personal approach to that interview so for me actually their energy and how they um appear in terms of their behaviors is more important to me Mm -hmm. and one of the things I was thinking about 
one of the best hires I ever made at Centaur, who's still there actually, and he's brilliant. And he's one of the best hires I've ever made. And probably, in fact, probably the best hire I've ever made. And he turned up late to an interview, but he turned up and he was sweating. And <laughs> we have to accept that we live in London. There is going to be, you yeah. know, people are going to be late sometimes. You know, we, we live, we're in Wimbledon. The trains are a nightmare sometimes. Mm. To me, yes, of course, leave plenty of time to arrive. But to me, I'm not going to make a decision on whether we hire someone. But the point in that particular example is he turned up and he was sweating to the point where he was sweating through his <laughs> shirt, which to me said he was committed enough that he ran in a suit <laughs> to try and get there on time, which I appreciated. And it made me remember him. So I don't mind too much about that. And then the last thing I was thinking about on that topic was, I think actually it can be a bit of... Um, it can be a bit of a red herring, this presentation stuff. Like there's loads of research that says better looking in adverted commas, people get hired more. And actually, if you're presented well, you're more likely to do well. And that might be true. But I think also in an interview capacity, you've got to be as a, as a hiring manager, you need to be careful of that. Because if you take to someone because you're sort of intrinsic a subconscious is saying oh this is an attractive person they're well put together and they present themselves well and you know they're able to speak articulately you can lose sight of the questions you need to ask when it comes to behaviors skills the actual role how they fit for the role mm. and I've seen that happen where people have hired people based on appearance and based not physical appearance yeah, necessarily they yeah and they think oh yeah they fit yeah they yeah. think they can quite quickly think they're in their head they're like oh this is a good fit they're mm. great and then they've that has tricked them into not asking enough follow-up questions yeah and then they arrive in the office and you think oh, oh no. I missed that not, not so much no, I didn't ask the question I should have asked mm. actually why didn't I ask that and the, and the answer might be oh well I I went down the road of um <laughs> bit falling into thinking that they were going to be perfect based on first impressions yeah I mean it's a bit of a difficult one because you know for example I'm not a suit person and a lot of the people and I think it really depends on your role doesn't it I think if mm. you're very client facing you know there needs to be an element of presentation doesn't mean you have to be like a supermodel but it just no. means just turn up you know bare basics just be clean be yeah <laughs> on your shirt like, what do other people like say to, yeah what do other people say to that um, I'd be interested it's it's kind of a variance so sometimes I get people who are just like you know suited and booted I mean from my perspective when you go for an interview I think there's nothing worse than turning up and feeling like you don't fit in but it's better feeling like that when you're really smart than yeah. if you're underdressed because that will just put you on edge you yeah. don't want to feel like everyone there is really smart and you've come underdressed yeah kind of thing so yeah. I always kind of say look you know don't necessarily have to wear a suit but be smart business go in assess mm. it for yourself you know just because they're wearing jeans doesn't mean you should wear jeans maybe wear smart trousers kind of get yourself in a space where you're going to feel comfortable yeah so you're able to you know present and you know life does happen like I've I've definitely had situations historically where you know I thought I looked great mm. <laughs> uh, and the heavens opened I didn't have an umbrella so I was basically drenched I had yeah. to go in but you know it, that's just life it's yeah. not you know you can't change that but you know I think it is you know as you said it's that energy it's your attitude mm. towards it if you look like you haven't made an effort I think it's yes, maybe worse that's like, exactly you know, it yeah that it's just something that you're ticking off your list for the day not you've come prepared mm. and you really want this and I have had people turn up I've had lots of interviews where people have turned up in a suit. They've ticked the boxes of the thing that their recruitment consultants probably told them to to do. Make sure you wear a suit. Make sure you turn up on time. But the personal energy is not there. And, yeah. and you think, 
that's not it's not enough you know it's not you can do you can tick the boxes but you can still fall short at something that's fundamentally more important so yeah in a ratio of importance I'd put it on the personal energy yeah no 100% and so so obviously you know appearances are important but it's more about how you come across and how you present yourself would you say that you know as you get towards the latter stages of the interview what what do you think gives people that competitive edge so quite often you know you get an impression of someone at the beginning and maybe you have a few people at the end who are awesome Mm. what differentiates people what do you think really makes people stand out that's a tough that was a tough one actually but I was um I think curiosity for me Mm. I think the best candidates I see or have seen are people who are genuinely curious Mm. um and to me curiosity is a skill that will only stand you in good stead whatever job you're doing whatever department you're in so if someone's asking questions and wants to understand more about the company wants to understand more about the role wants to um ask you questions that you you hadn't even thought of yet Mm. that to me is a real a really good sign and also a genuine fit for the company so by that stage they've probably got a sense of whether they think this is the right kind of opportunity for them and if they have then that's when they really start showing you can start seeing if someone's got their heart set on it you know you can start feeling if someone really wants it and that is that usually spurs people on to be more engaged more excited and if you can kind of feel that energy which is not necessarily a tangible thing but an, but sort of an intangible energy and excitement about the company and the role that for me is what we're looking for at leaders we want you to come in feeling super excited about the opportunity ahead of you and super excited about what we can offer you and if you can't get that at the latter stages of an interview process you're probably not going to get that Mm. at all in the company um so I would say that's what I look for and then from a simple perspective proper follow-up I'm always impressed when someone goes out their way to just make sure that they're you know following up Mm. and genuinely interested and getting back to you know the recruiter or ourselves quickly and with the right kind of attitude so from a basic level that's what I would look for yeah no, what do others say well <laughs> it, it re- again it really it really varies across the board I think for me what's always a good someone I'm working with people on any level is enthusiasm and consistency mm. because being enthusiastic is great and obviously I want people to be really enthusiastic because I really want them to want it when someone's apathetic there's nothing more demoralizing I think for a company anyone to interview someone who is just lukewarm Mm. um but failing that you know not everyone can wake up every day and be super energetic and enthusiastic about everything but at least then be consistent yeah so you're showing throughout you're turning up you're having consistent behavior so if that something does go wrong um or not to plan then there's sort of a framework for people to work with yeah that's kind of out of character Mm. like I know I know that you know ordinarily that person wouldn't do that and I think those are the kind of things when you're hiring someone, that's really what they're going to be when they're yeah. in the role. If someone's inconsistent, they're up and down, they're not enthusiastic, that's like the first... I mean, it's almost like if you're going on a date, you know, if you're yeah, in the early yeah. stages and they're not enthusiastic and they're messing you around, maybe, you know, this isn't going to go anywhere. It's not, you know... Well, it's the same, it's the same I think, the other way around. So I, I always think about management training and, and whenever you do any management training, the first exercise they generally get to you to do is... We do it here as well you know think about the best manager you've ever had what do you like you know what was great about that person and without fail every time I've been in a conversation like that and that's a lot of times over the last decade um or so 
is consistency mm. you know knowing what you're going to get from someone and that you because you can work like to your point you can work with that you know whatever that is and talk about energy and energy is one of our values that leaders and we really I would say we're a highly energetic office mm. but you also have to accept that not everyone is outwardly energy energy is different mm. things to different people so we've got people here who I would call energetic but they're not it's a silent energy. It might be more of a, a quiet energy mm. than a sort of extrovert energy. And I think you have to have that understanding that diff- people are different. People, you know, it means different things to different people. So I think that's important as well. Actually, really interesting. Someone recently was talking to me about, how do I put it in like a really nice way? So, you know, sometimes when you get teams of people and there's people in there that maybe are just not great to be around, but they're really good at their job. Mm. Um, high know, performers. High performers, but, but kind disrupt, of dis- Disruptive <laughs> high performers. Yeah. It's, it, actually, in sport, they call it um, sort of star players. So people yeah. who are like the, the forward in football who... I mean, talking like I know football, <laughs> which, by the way, I don't. Um, I only know what goes on off the field. Um, it's it's that sort of high performer, mm. but how willing are you to let... Th- what? At what cost? Yeah, yeah, at what cost? And for us, it's it, you know, culture for us is is really important. So for me personally, mm. I am not willing to tolerate any kind of impact yeah. on our culture for the sake of high performance. I, I just, I don't think it would work here. But I, for me, it's a no. But I absolutely know that there are people out there yeah. that would say I'm willing to tolerate it because they're the biggest biller in the business, and I'm gonna. Yeah, and it's it's actually really toxic. It is really toxic to culture. And I have I've had a few people saying, look there's kind of a split on it where some people have said to me, look, I can manage them. But the reason I manage this is because over time, I only do it if I feel I can sculpt them to be more yes, normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which but is true. Generally the feedback I get is, look, I don't want the selfish star. I'd rather have the consistent performer mm. who maybe doesn't have the super highs, but they don't have the super lows either. And I know yeah. that they're going to turn up and I can actually invest in them because they're not all over the place. We actually, we call them the steady eddies. And oh. I think you need a steady eddy in every team. Mm. And it's, it's, it's getting, we're sort of going off topic, but you need a blend in teams. Yeah. And, you know, don't underestimate a steady eddy. Someone who, we had, we had a guy here, I won't name him, but he, um, <laughs> in our delegate sales team, who, who was a steady eddy, but he was consistent mm. and he was a safe pair of hands. And okay, he was never going to, he never had the best campaign, but mm. he was not he was great for the culture mm. he was consistent in his performance and he was a pleasure to be around and to me I would take that any day of the week over yeah um the highs and lows the, high, the extreme highs the and extreme lows. highs and extreme lows and also yeah. the, the following up thing that you said it's you know it's such basic stuff but you know if you're like in any role whether you're in sales or any role it's usually every role has a commercial component to it it's relationship building so by yeah. following it shows that you're interested you're engaged and even if it doesn't go anywhere you just mm. respect it a lot more if I have someone who's just not coming back to me I'm just like okay well you know you're not that bothered so yeah why invest loads of time for me it's the quickest it's the quickest one in the book mm. you know make sure you reply to emails or calls within 24 hours um if you can't respond to a job offer you're unlikely to be able you know a job offer or the process like how can you possibly expect your potential employer to think that you can work in a like you say any kind of role within our organization anything that we have any role we have here relies on communication Mm -hmm. and if you can't communicate in that scenario to me that is you're gone (laughs) you're out of the process (laughs) totally fair okay so dying to ask you this so what what would you say the worst things people have done in an interview with you and obviously nothing that could identify the person moving forward um what are the worst things? When I was thinking about this, 
I what came to mind immediately is people who waste your time and what I mean and it, it links back to something we we're talking about earlier but it's, it's lack of research mm. so if, if you you know as when I was in um, managing marketing teams and I would I'd stay late to inter- you know I still would but mm. you know I'd stay till 6 30 to interview someone because they wanted to come after their role which I'm completely happy to do and I would write to me that's a good sign that they want to you know respect their working hours but when you stay till half past six and someone walks into an interview and you've given up your personal time to interview them and they clearly haven't researched the company mm-hmm. and they don't really know what the role is really that they're that they're interviewing for, it feels like they're wasting your time. Yeah. Um, and it's a waste of their time as well, to be honest, is the, the key. So it's not, I can't think of, I, I can think of a few examples actually, unfortunately, where that's happened. But um, I would say... As a general rule, that is what gets my goat because I just think it's not it's not helpful for anyone. It's not going to help me get a job. It's not going to help me find the right person. Um, why? why? What's do the this? point? What's the point? Um, but yeah, if you haven't done your due diligence as a candidate, you're just you're wasting everyone's time, really. So yeah, that would be my number one. I can't think of anything sort of. I can't think of a funnier story. I'll try and think of a funnier story to tell, but I can't think of one. Um, Probably repressed deep, deep within. Yeah, I've had I've had people turn up. For the wrong role, oh, wow. <laughs> thinking they're coming oh, no. for one role, but that's quite good because you can just cut it off quite quickly. Then, yeah, I had um, and this one's probably always going to be the worst. I mean, for me, it's people just not knowing their own experience or their own stats and their own. You know, if I ask, yeah, them, be, I had someone the other day say to me, I was just asking about their events and you know how many people mm. tend to attend, and you know, just wanted to get a bit of a vibe, see how they talk about it, see how they engage, and they just kind of freaked out. And I'm like, oh, this is so intrusive. So well, I could look it up. I just, I just want to get, I just want to talk to you. I just, you know, this is very yeah. basic stuff. But um, I did have someone come for an interview once, and um, they were a bit off on the telephone screening. When I mean off, they were just a bit cold, mm. and that's okay because you know I know a lot of people don't like recruiters, so I yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I prefer <laughs> it if they were normal, but if you can't do that, then that's fine. So I invited them in for a meeting, and yeah, just bizarre, just yawning lots, lolling mm. around, and um. They were just very inconsistent. Wouldn't like, like they'd been off, and I said, "Okay, so have you been traveling? Like, what are you mm. doing?" Oh, well, I just I just needed to get away from it all. Very vague. I was like, "Right, okay," because obviously this is because you're going to be asked this. This is yeah, like very yeah, basic. Yeah, yeah. I know people want to be private about things, but also just be a bit normal. Just you know, be a human. Yeah. Explain what you've been doing, but um, yeah. And then anyway, I kind of cut it short because it was just not going anywhere, and it was just a bit of a, a mess. And I just thought the longer we go at this, the worse this is getting. So I just said, "Oh, look, thank you very much for your time," and said their name. And they turned around and went, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot that that's what my name is. I should really get used to using it. And at this point, I just, I just was like, I just went, I just couldn't take it. I was like, well, this is the name on your CV. So I you need to learn that at the very and, and they said, oh, yeah, well, I'm using that name now. And I was like, okay, this this makes no sense. I just I just couldn't take What's it. What's going on like, here? Most of the time when people use another name, it's because they go by that name. Yeah. And they just went, oh, yeah, well, uh, my real name's this, but that person, I won't say the name. Because they're still floating around, but they just said, "Oh, this was this is my real name, but I don't use that name anymore because that person was a negative person, so I use this name now." And I was wow. just like, "Right, okay," and we're done. We're, we're out. <laughs> we're out. We're out. Um, so that was the last one. <laughs> Sorry, and it's okay. Um, so, with all this stuff in mind, what do you think people can do to improve interviews before people go to interviews? What do they need to get straight? What do they need to consider? What's the one I want for? being better at interviews research um Mm. definitely well I think probably go go back a stage I mean I'm a big believer in 
I, I really don't like this sort of fire gun approach to applying to jobs. Mm, me too. I think it is completely counterproductive. I think it is a waste of your time uh, yeah. because I don't think you're going to get. So I always um, recommend to people that you know pick the jobs you really want, pick mm. the jobs that really stand out to you and put time into those applications. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, perhaps if you're looking for a new challenge, but certainly do your research Um, and when I say research I think it's on multiple levels so don't just research the job research the company research the culture ask around do you know people that work there have you got a good sense of what it's like at that company if you know know people who have worked there or know someone who knows someone um, have a think about what is it actually going to be like on a day-to-day level I think it's always good when people ask the question you know what what would my average day look like? What's my average week look like? You know, they're really trying to get under an understanding of like, what is my life going to be like working yeah. at this and company? This is so true. I always say this to people. Yeah. I hate it when people say, oh, you know, um, what are the working hours? What's the next stage? These, you know, okay, I'm mm. a consultant, so I can tell you that, but these aren't great questions because they could just say, well, the next stage is a presentation, but you're not coming. So, yeah. <laughs> so ask things like, you know, what, what, what does success look like in the first six months? Yeah. You know, what are the characteristics of the most successful people in your team? Find out what it's really going to be like because they might give you the answer you might go oh my god I don't want to work here this is not this is not in line yeah absolutely and that's for you as much as the employer for sure 100% okay cool so say you do all this successfully you go through interview stage you're prepared you've done really well um how and you get an offer how how people manage this what what candidate behavior affects the outcome of an offer because I'm sure you've put offers out to people and then had a slightly different experience to maybe what you've had before in terms of like coming back quickly that kind of yeah so I think the behaviors I've said earlier I think for me curiosity energy excitement um I've had a very few but a couple of examples where you offer someone a job and your reaction their reaction is a is a telling reaction and you and that moment in that very moment you think I've done something wrong here you know because because not for not very often, but you know, if someone if you tell someone they've got a job, if you're a human, you know, if you if you're genuinely excited about it, you'll feel that excitement. And you can tell the people that just want a job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think maybe I'm thinking about it in the context of leaders because we're such a the culture we have here is, you know, we really we only want people who really want to work here. Um and we only want to really have environment where everyone's super energized and excited about leaders um, and that's what I love about leaders Mm. and that relies on having people that feel that way so Mm. if it's a day job and that's fine that's absolutely fine some people that is the way it is in terms of just want a day job they want to come in they want to do nine to five they want to get on with their life that's not the kind of candidates we look for or have here Mm. so if I get a sense of that at any point in the interview process and if it's when you've <laughs> when you're given an offer, then you're like, oh, that's not the best decision I've ever made. So yeah, curiosity, excitement, energy, I would say, and getting the basics right, um, replying, that kind of thing. And from a manager perspective, so say like we've talked about having rotten interviews, getting reactions we don't necessarily want. If you're a manager and someone hasn't done well, how do you constructively feedback? Because it's such a thing for me where you know if someone hasn't done well, I want to be able to give them something. Not in a, you know, you're terrible kind of way, but yeah. just something that will enable them to improve if they want to. So they've got that information rather than just floating off into the abyss, not knowing what's happened. How do you give constructive feedback for an interview that isn't that great? 
Well, two things. One is I completely agree with you that you should always give feedback. And I have to be honest and say, I've learned that lesson along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can think of times when I was hiring much earlier on in my career where I didn't think about that. I didn't think about, I was, I was predominantly interested in my hiring needs and, and I didn't appreciate that what I do now, which is every single interaction you have, whether that's a potential client, a potential client, a potential employee, that is an impression you're giving that is going to stay with someone and Mm -hmm. they potentially going to speak to someone else about. So it's also from a personal perspective, I feel much more passionately now about nurturing younger talent and, and, and helping them in their career. And feedback's a critical part of that. You know, you need to give people honest feedback. If you don't, they're not going to learn. They're not going to change. They're not going to improve. Um, and great people will want that feedback. You know, great people will ask and be hungry for feedback. So one, I've learned the lesson the hard way. And I feel bad and sorry to anyone in my earlier <laughs> years when I didn't get back to because I do feel bad about that now. Um, so that you should, absolutely should give feedback if someone's given up their time to come in for an interview. But secondly... On the feedback front, so we have um, a company called Management Futures that we work with here at Leaders who are coaching facilitators and they're brilliant. They do a load of coaching questions and a load of coaching work and they have this framework called the BIF, which is identify the behavior, explain the impact of that behavior, give them some feedback and then talk about the future. So think about, give them feedback on how it felt and then give them some ideas on the future and what you can do going forward. So say someone came in and speak factually about things. I think that's something I've learned. If you can give that feedback in a factual way mm. and take out the opinions, mm. people feel uncomfortable with that. Oh, well, can I say to him that he was just a bit rude? And it's like, well, you don't need to say that. Just <laughs> give him the facts or give her the facts of what yeah. she what the behaviour was. So... For me, take the instance of someone comes in and they're laid back in their chair and they're, you know, looking elsewhere and they're lacking eye contact. You know, that's all factual stuff that you can say as a bit of feedback. It seemed to me that you were sort of reclined in the chair for quite a lot of the interview. You were, your sort of eyes were uh, was sort of lacking a bit of eye contact. The impact of that made me feel that you weren't really that interested in the role potentially. Um, and so in the future, if, if it was a role that you were really interested in, I would encourage you to to work on some of that and Mm. pay closer attention to your body language when you're in an interview. So I think that is a constructive way of giving someone feedback rather than that person clearly, wasn't it? Like giving your opinion on what that, because maybe that person was interested and maybe they were completely unaware of the Mm. body language that they were portraying. Um, So especially when people are sort of in their early years of their career, you know, you do, you make those mistakes. You don't realise how you're coming across sometimes. Mm. Um, So to hear it is quite, quite helpful actually if you're then going to go on interviewing elsewhere so I would always encourage people to sort of observe factual give factual feedback um, and then the impact that that had and then give them a recommendation on what they could do going forward and if it's because of something internally as in there's something in the company that's the reason why they haven't made it Mm. be honest about that give, give honest feedback don't sort of give don't give bullshit feedback. Excuse me, can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's so true. It's yeah, so don't cause... give bullshit feedback. Don't be the person that says, oh, it's nothing to do with you. You're a great candidate and, you know, um, good luck and really appreciate your time. It's like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. We, we haven't got a job. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, like, what? Give me something. Give me yeah. give me the truth about why I didn't get this job. Yeah. Um, and what I can do differently next time. Yeah, absolutely. 
sort of following on from this, say you're going, so say you're in a more senior position and for instance, you're taking a step up from management into senior leadership or senior leadership into more of an MD style role. What do you think people should do and what should people keep front of mind when they're going for interviews if you're kind of taking that step up? Um, I think if you're on the cusp of, if you're in a management position, especially if you're managing teams, I would like to be hearing a lot more questions that are about the wider company and the wider objectives and the wider goals, as well as the company culture, your team. That if you know if you're if you're moving into a role where you're going to be managing a team, understanding what that team's objectives are, effectively a conversation which is a lot less about you and a lot more about what else is going on around you. I would say, in terms of, I think the the, com- the context, of the conversation is quite different, mm. um, and I think if great people managers are critical to businesses and so behavior that's a behavioral and skill set that you really need to get under the skin of if you're interviewing for um management roles and again the curiosity Uh, one other thing i think really is important at that stage is the willingness to learn you know Mm. there's a lot of if you can demonstrate that and it's genuine (laughs) um, within interviews when you're sort of looking to progress we talk about it a lot, leaders, because it's quite a sports mentality of sort of high performance and how you want to get better. And mm. I think you have to demonstrate a willingness to learn and a willingness to know that by that stage in your career, you know you don't know everything and you know you've still got a way to go. But if you can demonstrate that you want to learn and that you want to work on areas where you know you're weaker in, um, but actually you really know where your strengths are and you can work out how you can show the impact of those strengths within this environment, Mm. then that to me is a good sign sign of a good candidate. Yeah. And I think also just having tangible examples, I quite often speak to people and they'll say, yeah, no, I do management. I'm like, okay, so talk to me about how you manage KPIs with your team. Talk to me about when you've Mm. had a difficult team member and they're really vague. And it's like at this, you really can't, as, as you, any stage you shouldn't be vague, but as you get more and more senior, you need to have Articulate, tangible, yeah. measurable mm. examples of how you action things, because it's it's not something where you can really be vague. You can't really just kind of have someone not performing. And no, not- I agree. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear specific examples if you've done that. There's two, I suppose, when you're getting to that stage, if you're going to sort of line management phase, for example that stage you might not have all the experiences that you can necessarily pull upon but you might have observed mm. you know you might have observed how your manager did things or how the pe- managers around you did things and you by that if you had an ambition to to progress mm. hopefully you've observed and you've taken on some of the stuff that works really well or you have observed worked well and you can talk about those examples so it not, might not necessarily be a personal example but it might be something you've seen mm. and i think if you certainly if you're getting to sort of md level or heads of department level you should be able to speak very clearly and articulately about the kind of manager you are and the kind mm. of way you like to work. Um, and actually that then becomes really important because if the way you like to work doesn't match up with the way we like to work as an organisation or we don't have the framework to enable you and empower you to work that way, mm. then there's going to be a sticking point. Yeah, that's awesome. So recapping on everything we've said so far, what would you say are the ultimate things that people should not do at interview at all costs? <laughs> um, what did we say? We talked a lot about research, didn't we? Yeah. Do not not do your research. Do not, yeah, do, yeah. Not, <laughs> do not not do your research. Um, that for me is number one, absolutely yeah. number one. And when I say research, I don't mean look on the homepage of the website. Mm. Um, you know, proper research, proper thorough, like ask people you know, 
tends to be what is it six degrees six degrees of separation or whatever yeah. like you'll probably know someone who knows someone who knows someone that works at that company find that person mm. find some examples find out a little bit about the company culture second ask the right questions be mm. curious you know really think about what you want to get out of the interview process how you can get as much information as possible out of that person or these people that you're interviewing with to know whether it's right for you and mm. um, that it's a two-way interview not just a one-way interview and then I guess get the basics right yeah answer emails answer the phone <laughs> be a um, human be a human yeah <laughs> um so yeah that would be my top tips perfect well look thank you so much Laura really really awesome and um yeah you're welcome thank you Thanks. agree disagree or have something to add we would love to hear from you Please email any comments to charlie at castletonclark.co.uk. Subscribe to Talking Events now and never miss an episode.